This is the Anatomy of a Scream Pod Squad Network. Welcome back to White Ladies in Crisis. It's a podcast dedicated to women losing their marbles. We are talking about physical because physical is back. It's season two, baby. We are talking about episode three, Don't You Go Far. And I am Joe Lipset. I'm joined as always by Gina Radcliffe. Hello. As well as Jen Adams. Hello. Okay, so as we predicted, Sheila's father died at the end of episode two, and we do actually get to see a funeral. We do actually get to see Wendy Malick. Ladies, what do we think about the funeral sequences? Oh my god. (laughs) First of all, I love Wendy Malick. Like, I don't know if the woman can do wrong. I just adore her and everything she's in, even when I'm hating her like I did in this episode. Mm Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh my god, as soon as she said, oh, grandma just makes me sound so old, I'm like, uh, I know. <laughs> <laughs> Lolly, yeah, that was very, like, calculated and very mm-hmm. uncomfortable. Just, just acknowledge that you have a child old enough to have it to, to be a mother themselves. My god in heaven. Uh-huh, yeah. I don't know, I have, like, several different grandmothers in my family, so they call each other different names, so we're not all calling each other granny, you know? But, I Mm -hmm. mean, yeah, it's fine. It's nothing to do with, oh, it sounds old. And it's like, Sheila is not, like, it's not like Sheila's, like, 20. She's, like, you know, mid to late 30s. So, I mean, Mm -hmm. you know, her mother's a little bit, you know, a little past the time of, well, I don't want anybody to think I'm old. Right, exactly. Yeah, like, the jig is up, you know? (laughs) We know. Well, I'm interested, do you think, because we know that Sheila has a very challenging relationship with her <laughs> mother, and this is the first time that Wendy Malick's character is meeting Maya, mm-hmm. do you feel like this is, I mean, we use the word calculated, but this to me feels like a very calculating move in which she's just going to jump right over Sheila and say, oh, now I can force a relationship with this girl. Like, I can now boss this girl around. I can make this girl be my everything mm-hmm. well yeah and, and she kind of strong-armed her way into you know coming in taking care of her when she ends up in the hospital mm-hmm. which right. was like it was like danny what the hell are you thinking i know every time i like danny he pulls something like this and i'm like danny no Ugh. So that's interesting because I feel like there could be people who maybe misinterpret that scene and think that this is nice. Like, oh, it's a mother feeding her adult daughter ice cream and they're reconnecting after all of these years of being separated. And I I could see it except for the fact that Sheila is literally crying. Yeah, yeah. I feel like, and you know, there is potential for some healing there. Like once... Like, I feel like on the zoom out of that scene, it was a mother feeding her daughter when she's in the hospital. But I think Mm -hmm. given everything we know, given the fact that uh, Danny says we've got to fatten you up and then this evil mother like just appears right behind those words. I feel like Uh it was just so ominous given everything we know about Sheila. I think for somebody who is as obsessed with exercise as she is, like having an injury that forces you to rest is already like a horrifying thing. And to have that accompanying the woman that made your life miserable, that you believe made your life miserable, that you now can't escape because you can't get up, I think 
It just, it feels really, you know, scary for Sheila. Well, not not to get too personal, but my relationship with my own mother is, is very fraught. I don't really talk to her much. And mm-hmm. when I develop some health issues myself, my biggest thing was, is I don't want her to know about this. Mm-hmm. Right. Be- because she would turn, she, she absolutely would turn around and make it about her. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and, you know, and somehow making herself the center of attention. And, you know, that may drive some of my cynicism about yeah. this character. And if it does turn out that, that they end up, you know, cobbling together, you know, some sense of relationship, uh, you know, good, but I don't, I don't really see that happening. It doesn't yeah. seem realistic to me. I mean, just, you know, even, even in the middle of the funeral, she just could not resist getting in digs about, you know, what she does for a living or what she's trying to do for a living. Oh, her dance tape? Yeah, and it's like, and it's like, lady, your husband is barely in the ground. What are you doing smirking and mocking about what your daughter does for a living? Mm-hmm. Just to set her up so that you can turn it back around on her, too, you know? And it feels like something that is just so old hat, even though they haven't seen each other, that this is just how their relationship is. That's just kind of the pattern she falls back into of just kind of diminishing and... Yeah, everything everything is minimized. Everything is is, is you know, condescended to. Mm-hmm. But yeah. it's very tit for tat, right? Because Sheila follows that up by going into the bathroom. She get she allows herself to get worked up, even though her inner monologue says, "Don't take the bait, don't fall mm-hmm. for it." She immediately goes into the bathroom, writes her mother a check, and then presents her the check in front of everyone. You're just like Sheila. You're doing the exact same thing she just did to you. Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah, and, and you're falling for the bait, you know, that's mm-hmm. that's what she wants, yeah. Yeah, but I mean, I don't know. I feel like as the child, like, that's what she knows, you know, and she sees mm-hmm. an opportunity to get a win, and she's like, fine, you know. Was I, was I seeing things, or was the, the, the shoes that Sheila's mother insisted that Maya change into were basically the exact same pair of shoes. Uh-huh, except the ones she came in fit. <laughs> right, right. They were, yeah. but they were the same style of shoes. Like, mm-hmm. like, like, but it was it was so important to her that she, you know, squeezed her feet and the, I guess they were Sheila's shoes at one time? I yeah. think so, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Which yep. is, like, the connotations of that alone are super creepy, right? Like, mm-hmm. not only are you trying to force a relationship on this girl that you have only just met because you know, you have a terrible relationship with your own daughter, but now you're basically trying to recreate a mini-me and you're mm-hmm. hurting her. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's like, again, another setup to fail because she puts her in these shoes that she knows are going to cause blisters and then she's like, stop fidgeting. So mm-hmm. she she's already starting, like on the first day that she's met this child, she's already starting with the, the nitpicking and the, the condescension. And I, I, I honestly felt... You know, probably the worst I felt for Sheila yet is that she's just kind of sitting there like, like, there's nothing I can do about this. Mm-hmm. Like, she just, like, completely shuts down around her. Like, like mm-hmm. her, her trying to get her to, you know, her protests about, you know, giving her candy, forcing her to wear these shoes are kind of weak. Like, she knows, like, like yeah. it's like she knows it's not going to get, it's not going to matter. Yeah. Yeah. And I think what I was kind of trying to stumble my way through earlier, and again, not not for me to get too personal, but I know like when there is an unhealthy like parent child dynamic, it's really, really easy to just flip into that child mode. Oh, for sure. 100%. Yeah. I always I always say nobody makes me feel smaller. Mm hmm. Oh, sure. 
Yeah. Yeah. And it doesn't matter what I said in therapy the week before and what my big plans are. It's like when you're in the middle of it, it's so hard. And that's why you sometimes just have to remove yourself from the situation entirely. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Which, as you said, Jen, is now something that she doesn't have the opportunity to do because she literally cannot get away from her mother. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I'm curious then, how do we read this scene? So we get the mom eating her ice cream. There's tears in Sheila's eyes. But the mom also begins to cry and she goes to say something. And before she can even get it out, Sheila tells her that she doesn't have to. And I... This is the only reason why I think maybe they may try to repair their relationship moving forward, because I couldn't tell if this was Sheila saying, no, I just don't want to hear it. Or if she was saying, you know what, maybe this could be a fresh start. Yeah. I mean, they have both lost their father and husband. So I Mm -hmm. could see Wendy Malick's character, whose name I can't remember, saying like, okay, maybe this is an epiphany moment for her saying like, I I have this chance to reconnect with my daughter. And if I blow it, or if I keep doing this shit, then I'm going to lose her too. And then I'm going to be completely alone. You know, I could see that, but I don't, I don't know how optimistic I am for that, you know? Well, this show, this show seems to be a lot of people making like, you know, one or two steps forward and one giant step back. (laughs) So I I, I feel like maybe they'll make some progress and then one of them is going to just say the wrong thing and, or, you know, her mother's going to do the the, the minimizing thing again and it's just going to be like a huge step backwards. Yeah. Which, I mean, I can understand that with Danny I feel like I have a lot more patience for Sheila actually leaving Danny but she's been away from her mother for like at least five years now so you know that would be an easier situation to leave unless she physically can't get out of bed you know Mm -hmm. although I wonder like I haven't had that exact injury but I've bumped a cyst before and it really 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 hurts but I don't know how long the actual recovery is going to be. Like, I can't imagine her being bedridden for more than like a week. Well, they did take out, they, they did take out the ovary. I think they did said. They? So, so yeah, it was so, a, a surgery, which a yeah. surgery in the eighties too, you know? Right. Mm-hmm. So yeah, she's going to be, she's not going to be feeling good for a little while. Yeah. It's fine. We'll just feed her red meat and rest. Uh, yeah, we don't know why this happens. Why would we care about women's bodies? <laughs> oh my God. Just in case you've forgotten. I mean, I know last week you two said this show isn't really all that feminist because Sheila and Bunny don't support each other. Mm-hmm. But I would say that the feminist messaging, at least, is always front and center. Like, men oh, yeah, remain yeah, yeah. shitty on this oh, show. Oh, sure, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, most of them. There was one that I was even more in love with in this episode, which, you know, oh Mr. Tyler. With women, we build their bones. <laughs> <laughs> we listen to women in this house. Oh, my gosh, I just get to eat him up. Okay, you know what, Jen? Gina and I are just going to go, we're going to have a drink, we'll grab a snack, we'll be back in about 15 minutes after you're done talking about Tyler. Oh my gosh, I really could go on this entire rant. Like, I just love him so much. I feel like it's a little, like, I also get Bunny's frustration with him because, mm-hmm. you know, I'm like, come on, I don't want to wake up in a place where I put my foot down and it's immediately in something sticky, you know, like that would be terrible, but he treats her so well. He just doesn't 
do anything else. You know, he has he has a, he has a good heart. He does. He's, yeah. he's not useful mo- most anywhere else. No, 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 no. And I feel like when she was the driver behind Body by Bunny. He was great because he is just going to follow her around and support her yes. in whatever way she needs. And he does have some skills. You know, he can do stuff. He's just not an idea man. He's mm-hmm. not really a go-getter. But he is loyal and he will help her in whatever way she wants. But she, I feel like she needs to find her way again, you know, and she's just lost right now. Yeah, it it's really hard to watch the bunny scenes because Mm -hmm. she is so angry but she feels so powerless and Mm -hmm. we've seen her steering her own ship and really being in command so to watch her fall like this is hard i have a question about this gary character because Mm -hmm. uh bunny has always been a flashy dresser Mm-hmm. Um, you know, she's she's got a certain ostentatious style. She's not afraid of showing her body. I was getting uncomfortable sex work vibes. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, I I think I think he was her, her sugar daddy. I, you know, yeah. I mean, and I think that that you know he probably was pimping her out at some point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's the the sparkles. I think or not sparkles. The sequins. I think. That's the implication there. Not that sequence, or that she might, or she always... might have been, she might have been a stripper at one point uh-huh. when when he when when he met her. Right. Yeah, because she does. Dr- I mean, it's not. I feel like the cut of what she was wearing was not out of the realm of what Bunny would wear, but it just feels. It doesn't feel like her. It feels like she is going back to a role that she's fallen into with this Gary person, whatever that role was before, which I could see as being at least sex work adjacent. You know, if not right. full on sex work. And and to clarify, we're not coming down on sex exactly. work as long as it's a choice that you want to make and not like, like the show would be very much presenting it as this is not a good thing for Bunny and Gary right. is very much presented as not a good person. Oh, yeah. There was a moment where I was like, well, maybe he's a nice guy. Like, I recognize the actor. And then he punched the wall, and I was like, yeah, no, no, yeah, yeah. no. Oh, no. no. Sorry. Oh, Bye, red Gary. flag. Red yeah. flag central. Right, right, right. <laughs> yeah. Well, and his hair is longer than my daughter, which, again, nothing wrong with dating a younger woman if you have adult children. But just, it's, mm. <laughs> yeah, no. Okay, so we also have some interesting scenes with John Bream this week. Ooh. It's funny how the show occasionally will lay things very flat out and tell you this is exactly what's going on. And then other times, like the bingo scene, you have to figure out, oh, he has been lying to his wife and saying he's going to bingo. And Uh that's when he's fucking Sheila. And that's why he looks so miserable actually having to go to bingo. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, okay. Honestly, he looks miserable all the time. He really does. I feel like he... He's like wearing shoes that don't fit him, do you? You know, yeah. This was this was a chilling episode for him. Like I, I feel like he he, he kind of gives me serial killer vibes. Me too. Uh, he is polishing a gun in the bunker. Of oh course he is. Yeah, I mean he's he's definitely you know speaking of you know I hope Bunny does not go back to that life because he definitely strikes me as you know driving around and like you know murdering murdering sex workers and then oh boy. You know, and then you know his motivation is oh they're all dirty they need to be punished uh-huh dirty yeah 
Oh, yeah, he was. And then to turn on his son like that, uh, too. Yeah. Poor Zeke. <laughs> I know. He's a villain now. I mean, I, I, I thought that there were like, some, there might have been some hope for him because, like, yeah, oh, he's unhappy, too. And it's right. like, no, he's a villain. Yeah. Because I don't think his definition of happy is happy. You know, I don't. I think that is a foreign concept to him in a fundamental way. I think, feel like I'm talking about this in a larger context that I may not be ready to have an actual theory about, but I just feel like Sheila wants a happy, like actual happiness. She wants to feel good. And I feel like he needs to exercise some kind of demons or something. Possibly literally. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I feel like he is just going to explode because I don't think that what is going to feel good to him is something he's ever going to allow himself to do, you know? I think he's just so trapped, right? Like mm-hmm. that moment, that heartbreaking scene where Zeke says, you know, you haven't said anything to mom. So does that mean you're okay with it? And then he tries to get a backbone and say, I'm going to take my new girlfriend to the dance. And you can see John Bream struggling with, okay, do I let him have this moment or do I need to be the authoritarian? Mm-hmm. And, you know, Zeke, figures out that way to connect with him by saying, I feel like you and I are more of the same. And mom is the one that I don't really relate to, which is understandable Mm. because John Graham's wife is, oh boy. I mean, let's get to her in a moment. But yeah, (laughs) then that moment, right? When suddenly John Bream's life could start to fall apart if he doesn't come out with something because she has figured out that something is wrong. She is bringing it up. He is really bad at dodging emotional complexity. So mm-hmm. he just throws his son under the bus. Mm-hmm. Mm. Can you imagine what this kid is going to be like when he grows up? You know, it'll be like Oof. him. Yeah. yeah, that's yeah. the danger, right? Yeah. Or he's going to be like Sheila and not want to have anything to do with his parents. Which is good for him, because he shouldn't. Oh, yeah. (laughs) But, okay, so we've got this wife. She comes in. She suspects that something is off, just like you said last week, Gina. Like, she knows that something is wrong. Two different things. One, this idea that John Bream could be a serial killer. We see him (laughs) polishing this gun. I think if his wife wasn't pregnant, we could end up in a situation where he ends up, like, murdering her and the kids to get away from it mm-hmm. i think that's a little dark for the show yeah but her line let me help you it's what i was put on this earth to do <sighs> yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah i mean as much as they're a terrible couple they are meant for each other you know like they just have bought into all the same crap like just get a divorce just stop right. it stop pretending that you two need to be together <laughs> Yeah, well, you know, they'll go to hell if they do. So. That's the thing with, with Sheila and Danny at this point. It's yeah. like, you know, just, I, I know you still care about each other in some fundamental way, but, you know, now would be the perfect time for you to get divorced so you don't end up, you know, hating each other for the rest of your lives. Uh-huh. Right. Uh-huh. Yeah, and so that you can have, because it feels like when they really need each other, well, when Sheila really needs Danny, Danny is there for her. You know, I feel like they could do a successful co-parenting Yeah, I mean, they could still life, be, they could know? still be, you know, friends for each other. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. this episode alone proves it. Danny doesn't mm-hmm. always say the right thing. He doesn't always understand the nuance of the relationship that Sheila has with her mother, which is why he would protect her in the hospital if he mm-hmm. did. Yeah. But for the most part, Danny's pretty good this episode, right? I, know. I mean, Dan- Danny is fine with 
once again being abandoned because Sheila walks out and leaves him and Maya at the funeral <laughs> right. without a, without without a uh, without any any transportation. They're just stuck there. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, and thinks that she's been like I, I did find it funny that he immediately knew she went to exercise. He, yes, she's like you've got that glow. I knew it. I knew it, which I thought was really funny. But I mean, where she had to have been gone at least an hour or two. At least, yeah. And this is not the first time she's done this. Like, no. like, and, and he doesn't even know when she's you know, leaving in the middle of the night to go meet John Bream. Which I don't know. I find that hard to believe, but yeah. you know, whatever. Well, and his his little line about like I'm not leaving either of my girls alone in this house, which I thought was really sweet given everything we know. Mm-hmm. But then he immediately does like he loses yeah. Sheila and he loses Maya. <laughs> like, what is he doing? Uh, he's drinking, remember, uh, because he got her oh, permission right. to go and drink. <laughs> I mean, yeah, honestly, I get it. You know, I, well, I, yeah, I, oh I sure, <laughs> especially at a funeral, right? Like that yeah. service looked. Like, not a lot of fun. I mean, it's yeah. a funeral, so obviously mostly not fun. But yeah. it looked very uh, stuck up. Mm-hmm. And then when they get back and Danny literally says, oh, it feels like there's actually oxygen in the room again. Yeah. But to him, that's code for people are loosening up. I can actually hit the booze now. Mm-hmm. I will say I did like the choir that was singing at the funeral. I was like, that's pretty <laughs> impressive for, for a funeral. You know, they, they pulled out the A choir with everybody in it. Jen's musicality comes into effect. I know. I'm like, I really like that piece and they sounded really good. Um, but yeah, that funeral just felt like a nightmare. And just like the passive aggressiveness of her just waiting upstairs, knowing that everybody is just waiting for her to come downstairs and make her big scene. It just feels mm-hmm. so contrived and so like passive aggressive and manipulative and just like, I just know people like that, you know? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Ugh. It's such a good shorthand to mm-hmm. immediately help us to understand not just the fractious relationship that these women have, but also what life would have been like for Sheila growing up in this. I didn't love the flashbacks to young Sheila and how they she's almost styled to look like a combination of Rose Byrne and also the actress who plays Maya, the daughter. Mm-hmm. I don't love that shit, but (laughs) it was, it was relatively sparse. Like it was briefly used. So it wasn't a deal breaker. Yeah. The hair was a little bit um, on the nose. I was like, why, why does she have an adult woman's hairdo? I was going to say, they put, they put a little curly hair wig on that poor little girl. Yeah. An 80s perm in the 60s. I love it. Love it. So uh, speaking of aesthetics and looks, (laughs) we have a new character. Yes. So we talked about Murray Bartlett's Vincent Green when he appeared on Greta's TV in episode one of the second season. But here we actually get to meet him in the flesh at his very fancy looking studio. Yes, I love him. I was obsessed with him in The White Lotus and I was so excited to see him actually pop up. I really hope he doesn't turn out to be a bad guy because I really want to keep liking him. Well, he's basically Richard Simmons. Yeah. Yeah. I love his catty little uh, receptionist also. <laughs> like, we have classes oh for older women later. Oh, jeez. It's like, that's helpful. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks. Yeah, I'm I'm interested in this. Okay, but the thing that I was thinking when I was watching him, he's meant to be in a different city. Is that right? So he's wherever Sheila's mom lives. I, okay. That's how I took it. I think that's Los Angeles. Yeah. Yeah, I think you're in there in San Diego. That's right. Yeah. Um, so I was thinking, as much as I love Bunny, her claim to this 
like revolutionary kind of jazzercise thing, I think softened to me a little bit. Like I definitely mm-hmm. think Sheila still screwed her over, but I don't think Bunny was the only one who was doing this kind of exercise. No. Right. So that made me, I don't know, which maybe they can just work together. Can you just work together, ladies? It'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> and who had either Jen or Gina bringing up Bunny and Sheila working together in this episode? I know. Oh yeah, mark your bingo cards, everyone. <laughs> Sorry, I forgot there actually is bingo in this episode. I was going to say, wow, call back, call back. I know, that was unintentional. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I don't know. What do you all think about him? I'm excited. I, I think it'll be interesting to maybe to see you know, how this how this should be done. Mm-hmm. Because obviously these dudes she's working for right now are have no idea what to do with her. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They, they, see, they see her as a, as a money-making opportunity, but they don't know how to make money from her. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, I'm intrigued as well because a lot of the class is actually Sheila gently mocking his techniques. Like, it's ironic to me that we hear her mom describe her tape as a dance class or a dance Mm -hmm. tape. And then we get here and we are literally seeing him do dance moves with the women in this class. I think there's like one dude as well. Mm -hmm. But um, she's mocking him. And then she knows exactly what to anticipate when he wraps the class up and she tries to sneak out because she doesn't want to hear the sales pitch. Mm -hmm. But he's also doing it better than she is right he's got his Mm -hmm. own studio he's got a full class of people and they clearly are eating up what he's putting down oh yeah that the pedal out the calves i think like that he's got his own little catchphrase that's workout cute it was yeah so i feel like he could possibly be a role model for her for how Mm -hmm. to kind of actually manage this and make it successful I think so, for sure. Now, my question to you folks. So, Murray Bartlett is an out gay man in real life, and Mm -hmm. increasingly he has been playing these kinds of roles. Mm -hmm. Do you get a queer vibe from him? Well, like I said, I mean, he's basically playing Richard Simmons, so Mm -hmm. I would say that's, you know, that's probably likely, yeah. Yeah. And he does he does make the joke about you know wanting her to smack him on the ass, but like like I think everybody's laughing, like, oh, you know, he's pretending to flirt with a woman, but we know, mm-hmm. you know, I mean Yeah. I feel like I'm not one to pick up on this very correctly a lot of times, but I okay. think I I definitely do get that feeling. I think that's what the show is kind of telegraphing to us. Mm-hmm. My question is gonna be, is he out, you know? Right. This is the early 80s. Uh, still not the best of times for mm-hmm. queer Oh, men. well, no, not even Los Angeles. No. Yeah. But I, I guess part of the reason that I'm interested in asking is because will him potentially being a queer man reduce the sort of sexual tension slash threat, right? Like, mm, I'm thinking yeah, Danny will yeah. have less of a problem if he doesn't think that Sheila might sleep with this dude. And of course, we all know that she's already sleeping with some other dude. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that's a good point. Yeah. Uh, yeah I, I think she would feel less threatened by him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and, and, and she would only see, you know, he would only be you know, maybe maybe a friend, maybe, maybe friendly competition mm-hmm. rather than, you know, someone who is actively, you know, could do her harm. Right. Yeah. Well, and she, I mean, she smacked his ass pretty hard, you know, and he seemed kind of like impressed by that, you know, or like intrigued by her. So I could see this being maybe a really healthy relationship for her. 
Um, because you're right. Like, I feel like she would not see a possibility of sexuality, which is as a survivor of what she's survived, especially that she was just in her parents' house and probably triggered. I could imagine that being really tough for her to try to relate to people, which is partly why I think she liked Bunny so much or she mm-hmm. could work with Bunny, you know, because there was just no possibility of that. Right. That's interesting. It's an interesting point. Yeah, because we know for sure that this is not the end of his guest spot. The promotional images show that they'll have at least one more encounter. But yeah, Mm -hmm. I'm in agreement with you, Jen. I think this is going to be a sort of learning mentorship partnership kind of deal. But I'm also Mm -hmm. curious to know if she was (laughs) cutthroat instincts will kick in and she uses him for what she can learn. And then she runs away and makes a profit off of it. Yep, because he is not in that flashback from the very first episode. Which, I mean, you know, casting-wise, that's not likely, but, you know. Mm. Actually, that's fascinating. I I only just realized we haven't jumped back to that time period. I wonder if the show has kind of quietly said, uh, forget about that for now. We don't want to Yeah, I noticed up. that. Like, yeah. that they, the, uh, the framing device isn't there anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're just going to keep that in their back pocket till they s- smell the end. Because you would have thought the season two premiere would have been the perfect time to bring it back and be like, yeah. hey, this is where we're headed. But they mm-hmm. deliberately did not do that. Yeah. Hey, and you know what? Go for it. Figure out what you're doing and make it make sense. You know? Yeah. And okay for them to abandon it for a little bit. I mean, we spent a bunch of time in season one sort of saying, mm, it doesn't always feel like they've thought everything out <laughs> or where they yeah. want to go. So if they have rejigged some things for season two and they have dropped certain plans, I'm also fine with that. Yeah, just just give me more exercising and have all the ladies work together and give me more Tyler and I'll be happy. I don't care if they know where they're going. (laughs) Jen's like, please give me a jazzercise video that has no conflict in it. I mean, exactly. What if if the last five minutes were just like a jazzercise routine to an 80s song? Well, I want these people to like enjoy their lives, for God's sake. I do too, I know. I don't know what show you two are watching. No, we're just keep. It's like we want Dawson and Joey to hook up. Or not Dawson. Yes, Dawson and Joey. Yep. It's like I'm just going to hang on for that one glimpse of happiness and I will go through as many seasons as I need to for something <laughs> happy to happen with these women. Well, I mean, Sheila has lost an ovary and presumably is stuck under her mother's care. So yeah. where do we think this story is going to go in episode four? I don't know that that happy ending is on the horizon. Well, I'm going to rec- I'm going to recuse myself because I've already seen it. So uh, okay, so I will let you okay. guys discuss. Well, let me tell you the ominous thing that I caught at the very end when the doctor was like, "Well, you know, all it takes is one ovary." <laughs> and Danny oh, was like, "Oh no, we're <laughs> we're not trying to have." Like I thought he was going to laugh off having kids, mm-hmm. and then he was like, "Oh, well, I guess maybe we could." No, Danny, no, don't do it. That will so. not save your marriage. I know, no. yeah. I'm I'm nervous about that. I also feel like Sheila has reached the stage where she will not let Danny have penetrative sex with her ever again. <laughs> yeah, maybe that's what the blowjob was about. Uh-huh. Yeah, she really dislikes sex with him, so... Yeah. Well, and now she's got a, an injury to keep him off her, too, you know. There is that, yeah. I yeah. wonder how this is going to affect her and John Green. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I don't see him being super sympathetic about this. Yeah, I'll be curious to see. I figure we're going to spend at least one more episode in Los Angeles. So we've got things we need to work through with mom. We also have to spend more time with Mr. Green and maybe mm-hmm. steal some of his secrets. 
I've reached the point where I'm not getting enough bunny. And I feel like Mm -hmm. that's the thing that I say every week. Mm -hmm. These one to two very brief scenes each episode, like I am hurting for a bunny centric episode where she starts to get her shit together. I also want to know, like, do you remember, y'all remember back in season one where there was a scene where she was talking to her sister and you found out she was like Mm -hmm. Lebanese or something. Mm -hmm. And and I was like, okay, well that went nowhere. Right. Uh Like like that she was like, apparently like dying her hair and denying her heritage and, and, Mm And like you know, her sister still had like the traditional like burka style clothing, and and like I was like, okay, I feel like this is setting up for something, you know, a, a you know full bunny subplot, but we're not there yet for whatever reason. Well, that's where I thought we were going until this Gary dude gets introduced. I thought we were gonna say, okay, she can't stay with Tyler under she's gonna go back this to terrible roof. She's gonna go back to her family because hello, that makes sense. That mm-hmm. that is a logical story beat to explore further. Yep. But Sorry, now that was also my, like, bring it on moment where I'm like, hello, Nationals, <laughs> I handed it to you on a silver play. <laughs> I love that movie. I'm trying to think of a cute little, I can't, it's been so long since I've seen it. But but they stole those routines, so they didn't deserve Nationals. There we go. Which yeah. has no parallels at all to what we're talking about. No, not at all. Yeah, <laughs> but I mean, we are about to get some car- retributive karma, which I, mm-hmm. th- that phrase made me love Tyler also. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it's interesting, right? I do feel like season two has been more focused. Like, it is really figured out. It is Bunny and Tyler, little smidgets of them, mm-hmm. as well as John Bream. Bad shit is going to happen in that house. I'm predicting it now. Mm -hmm. And then, yeah, like, Sheila on the rise, but also, I mean, she's still got to contend with a bunch of people who are dragging her down. Yeah. So I like the tighter focus, but also, I still feel like this is a show where every week I have no idea where we're really going next. Same. Yeah. Yeah, Like, we predicted a funeral because somebody died at the end of the episode, and that's the only Mm -hmm. reason, you know? And then we figured that... Uh, Vincent Green was going to be there because we'd seen him in promotional footage. But like, other than that, I have no (laughs) clue what they're going to do. Yeah. I think this next episode is going to be rough because it's going to be Sheila not feeling good Mm -hmm. and having to contend with mom. Yes. Which last time that happened, it ended on a very triumphant note, which I liked. So true. Keeping hope alive for the happiness. <laughs> <laughs> so true. Okay, well, if folks want to speculate or talk about how amazing Tyler and his probable hash brownies <laughs> are, Jen, how would they get a hold of you? You can find me at Jen Faratu on Twitter and Instagram. Please send me pictures of Tyler. I love him. I've re- I can't, I think I mentioned this last time, but I've been watching Evil Dead recently as a background mm-hmm. watch because I just love him so much. But yeah, and you can find me co-hosting the Losers Club podcast, which is about Stephen King, not Lou Tyler Pucci, and the Psychoanalysis <laughs> podcast, which is about horror movies and mental health. Nice. And Gina, if people want to pick your brain because they know you already know where we're going, how would they get a hold of you? <laughs> only only one only one more episode ahead. Only one okay. more episode ahead. I'm on Twitter under Gina Does Things. I write about movies and television at thespool.net. I did review uh, 
pretty much more my my feelings on the first few episodes of the of the se- of the new season of physical at the spool um and i co-host the kill by kill podcast in which we talk about horror movies according to the characters and the odd little background details uh you can look for me there excellent if people want a little bit more of me a new episode of horror queers comes out every wednesday and i can be reached at b stole my remote and that's the letter b all right so as we head into episode four big thank you to the anatomy of a scream pod squad for hosting the show and just because uh our good friend nicole gobel has been giving us some shout outs at the end of her episodes i wanted to encourage folks make sure you check out her show bodies of horror she just dropped a really interesting episode that's talking about the future of disability representation in horror it's well worth a listen yes nicole is fantastic we love yeah her. yeah so episode four next week yeah until then i guess we gotta smack my ass calves. yeah <laughs> <laughs>